right, here we go. Midlife Mail Podcast. Greg Scheiman here with you once again. Thank you so much for your support, for the emails, the DMs, the texts, the comments, the reviews. It all means so much, and it's really cool to see this thing grow and develop and to hear from all of you. So thank you very much for that. If you've got ideas um, for guests on the show, let me know. If you got things you want me to talk about, things that can... Uh, help us better navigate middle age, live a better quality of life, guys you want to hear from, things I should be talking about, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm an open book. I just want to hear from y'all. I really appreciate it. It helps make my life better. Feels really good. Hopefully, it's bringing something to each and every one of you. I really appreciate that. One of the most humble, generous, transparent, genuine guys I've got on the show today, Mr. Mark Megna. This one means a lot to me. Um, Mark's one of those guys that I follow. I've gotten to know a little bit training down at Anatomy in Miami uh, when I would drop in over there. This guy just puts in the work. Head down each and every day, puts in the work. Mark's background. He is the co-founder of Anatomy. Uh, multiple locations down in the Miami area. This is just an incredible fitness facility. It is more than a gym. It is a lifestyle. They sport the shirts. Culture is everything. And he has built a culture that it's not just a t-shirt. It's actually a way of life for all of these people down there that are part of anatomy. It's really something special. And it's a lead by example kind of environment. Uh, He is one of the top trainers out there. He is a student of the game. Truly, Uh, too many initials and things that follow his name with his certifications, programs, things that he has gone through to even list here. He is the founder of the Magna Method. He also has a podcast, the Magna Method podcast. He has a documentary film about him called Just a Kid from Fall River. You need to check that out on Amazon, iTunes, uh, wherever you can find documentary films. Check it out. It's amazing. And he is also the author of Dream Big, Never Quit, the Mark Megna story. You can find that also uh, on Amazon. Check it out. Mark and I jumped right in on a variety of topics. We talked about rowing. We talked about training. We talked about meditation. We talked about culture and building a team, working through disappointment, working through adversity, getting up, showing up every day, what is most important in life also, relationships, marriage, partnerships, really amazing stuff. So let's get into it this week on the Midlife Mail podcast with Mark Megna. What have you seen specifically? Like one, how are you navigating it yourself, you know, and how are you seeing your team and and, and your clients navigating? You know, I'll tell you this. Um, in, at, at the beginning, I always think that, you know, we're, we're solid and we're going to um, make it through. We're going to be strong. We're going to come out other side, other side better than ever. But some of the things that I saw, I think it's very interesting because I think that the there's a younger population, call them millennials, call them whatever you'd like, they're, they're uniquely um, intelligent and they're very uh, savvy with tech 
and they have a lot of amazing attributes and gifts. But one of the reasons that we call them millennials is because of the amount of time they've been on this earth, and not all of them, because some of them have certainly been through crazy hardships, but I think some of them haven't been through crazy hardships. And because of that, this was their first major curveball or uh, or the the most severe curveball they've ever faced. Maybe I should say it like that. And when I was connecting with our team, I spent more time on the phone. I, I didn't know how to help. What I mean by that is I didn't know how to help the people on our team. And uh, my way of helping or trying to was just connecting with them. Mm-hmm. So I proceeded to call everyone on the team, you know, multiple times. And I'll tell you, some I connected with uh, two times, three times, four times. Others didn't even answer the phone. And, and this is, and and when you hear that, you're like, well, you, apparently you don't have a very close team, but that's not the case. Some of these people were with us for three years, four years, you know, uh, a great length of time. And I, Everyone's different, Greg. Everyone deals with adversity a little bit differently. Some people go into survival mode and, and they say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive and take care of myself and my family. And when they do that, they may throw ethics and morals to the wind. And others are like, hey, what do you need? Let's do this. Yeah. And and they say the moments like this. I used to have a college football coach. I, I was talking about it today. I played for four NFL Hall of Fame coaches, one college coach. I mean, majority of my college coaches are now coaching in the NFL, but one college coach specifically, my head coach, Jim Reed, he was just, he's just a legendary college football coach. He's coached for 50 years and he's got thousands of tidbits of information that help you with life lessons. And he said to me one time, we're going to practice. And I said, uh, wow, Coach, this is going to be fun. It's so hot out there. This is our second practice of the day. It's going to be in the heat. We're really going to be building some character out there. And he looked at me and he said, Mark, difficult times don't build character. They reveal character. Hmm. And, I, and, I, and I remember when he said it to me, chills went up my spine. And I was thinking, my first thought was he's absolutely right. My second thought was, geez, I hope I don't let him down. <laughs> and, um, you know, this time revealed character that, really surprised me both ways for in the most positive way. And then unfortunately some, uh, uh, negatively. And I, I tell you, if I wrote a book about it, you wouldn't believe me. You, you, know, you wouldn't, you would not believe me. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I say it, it's, it's a really spot on point and observation in that, you know, the way that people react and respond very differently. And I think you're in this exclusive kind of this, this exclusive club of, of entrepreneurs, you know, also, um, and you see mm-hmm. people on all sides, but as a business owner as well, uh, this conversation, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what am I doing with my clients and, you know, how are people reacting and obstacles? Um, this is one of those conversations that has come up quite frequently. You know, what is the, what do these times reveal, you know? Um, right. and, and when you're trying to build culture, have teams, you're going to see people, as you said, that, you know, some will maybe, you know, bury their head in the sand, you know, and not come up or come out um, or not. And others, again, will, hey, 
you know, all hands on deck, whatever you need, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. So I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of positives. You know, I always try to see the positive in everything too. I mean, which is, you know, we're going to come out of this better and stronger. You know, we're going to, you know, the, maybe the ones that may not have been the right fit, you know, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. They're not, we're going to move through this. You know, we're going to strengthen our team. We're going to strengthen our culture. We're going to strengthen that, that character. And we're going to, and we're going to move through it. So I think some, some concepts that maybe we're not going to make it, you know, or some people that maybe weren't going to make it, um, this might be expediting that, you know, a little bit, but for those that are, you know, that kind of strength and that character and, and that, and that discipline, they're going to, they're going to forge ahead. Um, and through it, I just think it's, it's a dynamic time to see and observe and to learn. Um, and a lot, a lot is being revealed, you know, right now is there's, there's some, oh, course, yeah. some course correcting going on, you know, because of this. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was very well said. Thank you for, uh, putting that, uh, in such a uh, wonderful way. I mean, I always look at it. It's, look, there's a lot to learn, and I'm going to make the best of it. It's whatever it is. And, and you know, there's a few things happened in my life um, the last few years. I, had, I went through some very stressful, tough times. And not, not, not even, like, business, yes, but not even just for business, just because I was, like, I'm a, I'm a pretty heartfelt human being. What I mean by that is, like I give a lot and I put myself out there in a large part of my life. I thought, well, if I give a lot, maybe, you know, it'll come back to me. And we all know that if you do something, expect to get nothing in return. But sometimes when you really extend yourself and really show caring, uh, a caring heart and kindness and do your best, you expect to, for that to matter, right? You expect it to matter. And to, to be quite honest, in a lot of these cases, it didn't matter, and it was just it's every man and woman for themselves. And I was thinking, man, like that. I remember a moment, Greg, where I'm at home and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I'm looking down, and I'm, you know, I'm not bawling, crying, but I'm certainly emotional, and there are tears in my eyes. And my wife says, "What's wrong?" And I said, "I've." I think I was just, I just woke up and realized that there are some really, really um, uh, challenged or not challenged, what's the word, people in this world that aren't necessarily that good. You know what I mean? Mm, and, I, and, and, and it hurt, it hurt me. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm, I'm not a tough, I'm not a tough guy. I mean, I like to push myself to develop toughness, but I'm not great. Like that was, this was really hard for me and I couldn't believe the way some people were acting and it all happened at the same time. And I know you're supposed to be empathetic and I know you're supposed to be understanding, but a lot of these people didn't deal with situations like this. You know, we, we, in essence, what we did, we did, we went above and beyond to support people, you know, both, you know, on the front lines, uh, financially, call it whatever you want. And most people, you know, accepted all the help and just bounced. Mm -hmm. You know, I shouldn't say most people. We had a handful of people. And that was hard for me. To, that was hard for me to digest. I got to be honest. That was very hard for me to digest. Because that made me feel like 
I did such a poor job over the years and I did nothing to develop these people because I had a coach in college that said a couple of things, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but, you know, he only cared about developing young men. He didn't care about winning football games. Now, in, in convenient fashion, we ended up winning a ton of games because he developed great young men, right? Um, but, you know, in this case, I'll tell you, I always say, and he always said that, I don't know what kind of people they are. I'll know in five years. I'll know in 10 years. I'll know in 15 years when they go on and they're representatives that, you know, a part of my journey was spent at anatomy and that really helped me tremendously on my journey and path. And with some of these, you know, a handful of these cases, I don't think we did anything. And that really, really crushed my soul. I got to be honest with you. It crushed my soul. Yeah. You know, the the transparency and kind of the depth in which you you speak is one of the reasons that, you know, I admire you so much. And a lot of, and and we don't know each other all that well, but we've we've seen each other in person a few times. Anatomy has always been a place that I've gravitated towards and dropped in when when I'm in Miami. I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of your your members and clients on the podcast, you know, in the past. But I just, I look at you and I see what you put out every day and I've seen you actually in, in the gym and in person and you do, you have this strength of character, this kind of intestinal, you know, fortitude. I think anyone would look at you and I do too as, as a tough guy, but you've got this vulnerability and this honesty um, and this, this passion that's just so amazing that you put it out there as honestly and as transparently as you do. Um, and I am, I can empathize with that too. How do you like when you are home with your wife though in those situations? You know, how do you process that emotion? You know, because I get, I, I want to know this for myself because I get this, I get disappointed in people. You know, give you give a lot, not with expectation of things in return, but everything you said was put was put perfectly. What steps or what things do you do to try to help yourself work? you know, work through that moment, you know, that revelation moment, if you realize things about people or, or the way you're being affected, because you still, you know, you're still moving, moving the needle forward every day. You have to. Right. Ooh, that, man, that's a good question. I pre first and firstly, I really appreciate your kind words and uh, just recognizing that I'm, I'm certainly doing my best, but I'll tell you, you know, I had a moment maybe uh, I'd say now a year and a half ago where like everything was, like I said before, I was just really struggling. Like I was struggling and and it came out in a weird way. And I had, you know, you know, if you, we're, we're, we're in fitness. Okay. We, we want to help. We always say we want to serve, we want to help people. And the true the best part of life is helping others. But I also believe that if you don't work your own crap out, it's very hard to help others. Can you? Of course you can, but it's hard to really help other people when you're not in a good place. And that is either, you know, you're coming from a place with massive ego, you're you're extremely insecure, and you have a lot of things that you haven't come to terms with or recognized, or uh, in my case, like it was a father situation. Um, my father, I, you know, it's, 
I have a dear friend who says, yeah, I don't care. So it's no big deal. I don't, I didn't know my father. I don't care. And the way he says it, you know, he cares, right? Yeah. And he's just the last one to the party who doesn't recognize that. And just in his voice, and that was me basically. So I had a, a few very close people in my life that I really leaned on heavily. And to be honest with you, I leaned on them in an unfair way. And I really took a lot of things out on them that had nothing to do with them. And it was my ego, it was my insecurity, and a good friend of mine. And by the way, the, the people that I was treating poorly were probably the most supportive, kind people in my life. And I really hammered them and, and went hard on them. It was like, you know, I was going to war and, and treating them bad. And a good friend of mine said, hey, um, do you realize what you're doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? You're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Trust me. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get mine, you know. But and, and it wasn't really, that's not That's not really who I am. So there was so obviously something else going on. And we always say, Greg, I'm the, you don't know what you don't know. I'm the last one to the party. You know, I was lacking great self-awareness at that time. And he said, you need to, you need to like check yourself and like go away. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you need to go to this retreat. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to this retreat. I mean, that worked for you. That's good for you, but I, I don't need that stuff. And he's like, I promise you, you need to go to this thing. So I just took a leap of faith and I went home, I signed up and I went away to a retreat. It's called a Vipassana meditation retreat. And uh, this one that he referred me to, uh, this close friend is in Massachusetts. Have you heard of this? I haven't heard of it except um, you know you you put some stuff out about being there, so I was going to ask you about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Go because I want. Yeah. To yeah. So it's a ten day. My friend went. It's a ten day retreat, and it's ten days, no talking, no phone, no email, no eye contact, no handshakes, no fist bumps, no nothing. Uh, no reading material, no movies, like nothing. You're alone by yourself. The only time you come together is when you're in a room for meditation and uh, in during meals in the cafeteria, which is like a, think of a bunch of tables in like a ski lodge, it, it looks like, and you're eating from community food and like, uh, you know, it was a buffet at the time that was very small, organic, vegan food. And, you know, when I, when you, when someone says this, you're like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And every, I'll tell you, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm thinking of all the mental, physical challenges, tests, exams, uh, mental challenges, anything. Greg, the, the first day, I'm like, this is easy. The second day when you realize like you're there and you just meditated for 10 hours, 10 hours, you have to be completely still and not move. And you're in a room with 70 men and 70 women in darkness with your eyes closed for hour sessions of meditation, 10 sessions a day. The first one starts at 4.30 a.m. The last one ends at like 9.15 p.m. And it was the second day I, I, I almost had a breakdown. Just because you're you're left alone to deal with all your thoughts and all the stuff that's been going through your head, 
And if I ask you, you're you're a family man, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You have a significant you have a significant other. You have kids. Yep. When was the last time you were alone with your thoughts, with no phone, no email, no tech, complete quiet for ten whole days? I never. <laughs> never. Never. Go. No, that's that's the point. Yeah. That that's the, what you just said, Greg. That's the reason for the breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're all of a sudden you you you're forced to deal with things. The things come out that you never even saw. We, we that we're still inside you, and you come out with a high that I've never experienced anything like this. And now you're 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 in the midst of it. Like you're you're like man, I I just went through a massive shift. Well, you drop all the bullshit from your life and you're just focused on, let me just take it as it comes, do the best I can. And they teach you, don't, you're not supposed to recognize every single feeling, like a scratch on your shoulder, like whatever it is, every emotion. You're not supposed to acknowledge every emotion and you're not supposed to uh, suppress every emotion. You're just supposed to remain equanimous across across the board, and that's why it's so extreme. That's why they do 10 hours. You do 10 hours because it takes it's that hard to immerse yourself in the process, and that's the only way they know how to do it. Mm. And, and it, God, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So as transformative as this as this must be, you come out of the of the 10 days, and I don't just want to fast track like what that must be like because I can't even fathom what that must must be like. But you come out of this this ten days and you re enter just the world as you used to know it, you know, also. You you re enter society. How do you kind of go back and then and function within society and in a way not you know, not digress, appreciate what you've gone through, apply those principles and not and not digress because you know I I think about this stuff because I had somebody I work with and similar thing. He was going through a bunch of personal things and went away to 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 whatever they went away to. It wasn't as extreme, you know, what you went through. And you know, and they come back and we've seen this in a lot of things. As certainly you see it in fitness where people are so fire like they haven't worked out in forever and then they decide they want to work out and it has to be right now and it's boom every day for thirty days. You know, and then right, right, right. You know, they come out fired up. I, I'm going to do this, and I've learned this, and I'm there. So that's that's wonderful. That's great. You really hope for the success. And you know, kind of look at the person a month later, and then the month after that, you, know, you really didn't change anything. You know what I mean? You know, right, like, right. No, like, I hear you. That, you that's like, very that's understood. Thing. Understood. Got it. Yeah. And, being the asshole that you were before you went. Do you know if I can say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they say that you, you you can't just walk out of there and stop, right? Like, I have to meditate every single day. And meditation for me isn't five minutes of closing my eyes. It's I have to sit and put myself in a position to be successful by closing my eyes. I'd listen to something that's specific to what I experienced at Vipassana. And I have to get like a half an hour in, at least. And when you leave there, you're supposed to meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. 
and you say, well, how do I have that kind of time? Come on, I got a life. But, you know, all kinds of people in this world do it. Very busy CEOs, fathers, you name it, they do it. So um, you just got to make time to do it. And, and if you don't, it's like anything else. If, I, if we went and worked out for 10 days with the best friend coaches, with the best nutritionists and the best program, we feel amazing, right? But if we didn't continue it, what does it matter what we did for 10 days? The same thing. It's the yeah. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they tell us like this, the feeling that you have now is extraordinary. And everyone's like, yeah, it feels amazing. We feel like we're floating, levitating. We feel incredible. But he says, if you don't continue to do this, it goes away very quickly. Yep. And so that that's what it is. You know, you have to you have to commit to the practice and it's just like training. You, you know, this better than anyone training nutrition. What do you get from one training session? Nothing. You feel good for an hour and then that's it. Mm. I want to ask, I mean, the fitness, the street forward fitness questions. Okay. You know, put those on, on, on the show for a second, but the, the stuff that, that I want to get to here, because I think you got such a good kind of perspective on it is does the fitness and the physical and the discipline, the consistent, all of this, does that, that seems to make sense to you. Like it does to me, you know, like that, that makes sense. You know, like the Henry Rollins, you know, call like 200 pounds. Oh yeah, of course. Pounds. Yeah. 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 Like that world makes sense to me in there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The other stuff where we started, like the real world, like people, some of the other, the biz, like some of that stuff doesn't make sense, you know, to me. Let down with, mm-hmm. there is, there's a purity to kind of the fitness and the weight. And, you know, I see what you even do on, on, on the earth. And you go, okay, like, not, it's very truthful. Nothing lies. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Do it. And I think maybe... Maybe guys like us gravitate towards that. Like people, wow, you have such discipline, and that's so hard. Or you put yourself through. You know, that's not that hard to me. Like, like the effort is hard. Like, but I like that hard. You know, like what's hard is right. the stuff you talked about earlier. Like, does, does that make sense to you? Like this world, like, like we gravitate towards it because it makes sense to us. Well, I think the. What I was, as you were you you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it's not hard for you, but I firm I, I'm willing to bet that at one point, I don't know if it was twelve, thirteen, sixteen, twenty, it was hard for you. It was probably really hard for you. Yeah, maybe it's like like, uh, the, like I want to do, you know what I mean? Like I want to do it, and it feels natural and truthful and honest, and yes, you ultimately get get great results from it. You know? Right. So I. I this is this is kind of the way I view things. Like it, it's you see and feel and live a a real life drill every day of your life now, where fitness training and movement is a large piece of your life, and you continue to do it because you you appreciate the return on your investment. But people, when people can't train, right? They, they don't understand that. And the reason they don't understand it is I talked about it a little bit last week. I was, I spoke to, you know, be positive and, and have confidence, but how can you tell someone to have confidence if they're 300 pounds and they're overweight and they've been overweight their entire life? 
They they have no uh, trajectory. They have no path built up of things that they've accomplished. They're actually going the other way, and all they're doing is building up negative feelings and feeling like a failure day in and day out. I actually underst- understand that. I get that. Yeah. And now it now it makes sense to me why they feel that way. So when I tell people you know, you got to be confident. Growing up, I wasn't a very confident kid. I lacked great confidence. And mm-hmm. when I started to train, I liked what I felt. I liked that I accomplished something. And now, like, I do it day in and day out because I keep accomplishing something and it feels great. And I, I'm practicing something. And I've heard it before. This isn't about me lifting weights or squatting or rowing all these meters and trying to get great splits. It's I'm practicing something that's building my confidence and it's building my positive energy. And I firmly believe that there's, a, there's not that many things out there that I can't do because whatever I put in front of me, I tell myself, well, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And, and because of we, we understand that, uh, that drill, it makes perfect sense to us. And we've built up this confidence. We've been practicing it for so long. You've been doing it for, what, 30-plus years, and it's a huge part of your life. And now you're going to build a business. Well, I've got to do the same thing. I've got to show up every day. I got, I'm going to get out exactly what I put in. If I put in hard work and I'm specific with my actions, I'm going to get a great return on my investment, just like my training. Mm-hmm. But most people don't have that model, and they can't understand why you have the discipline you have. Yeah, now, now I want to ask you, because... This is something I dealt with also. Um, you combined your passion for for fitness and what you do physically and what you've accomplished as a trainer with becoming a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I tried that too. You know, I, you know, um, I, I tried That's that. Hard, hard, hard. Good at it. Okay. That was not, you know combining my passion for fitness and making a business out of it was not a good mix, you know, for me overall. How have you been able to do it? You know, because again, training people, you know, and doing one aspect of the business and doing it yourself, very different from, you know, building the culture. You know, you focus on culture, multiple locations, construction, leases, payroll, the disappointment you talked about earlier, people just, you know, cutting and running, doing everything for them and cutting and running. Like, how is, I mean, has it, help you in, in fitness and in health or different or do you need that solitude by yourself at 4 a.m. when nobody else is there? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, well, that, yeah, it's funny. It really gets to me. Like, I want to know how people can do that successfully. Ah, oh, man. You got some great questions, my friend. Um, I'll, I, 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 remember, I remember this. That's why you have a podcast. You have great questions. But um, I remember... I had a guy on my podcast and um, he said, you know, Mark, he had a business where he was the most, he had a greens juice. He had a thriving, I talk about this all the time. He's a great human being. He went from like 300 pounds to like 170 pounds and he was, he adapted a very healthy lifestyle. He went from green, like just eating healthy food and started a greens juice business out of his house and then he got a storefront. And then he made millions of dollars the first year, and he was crushing it for four, five, six, seven years. And then, like the seventh year, the business started to turn and go downhill. 
and he, it's, it's kind of because he, like, he took his eyes off things. And he told me, you know, when he went out of business and things went really, uh, you know, negative, he said, Mark, business is for absolute warriors. You have to get up every day knowing you're going to get punched in the face and go, that's okay. I'm going to get back up. Keep punching me in the face. I'm going to keep getting back up. And that was the most real, truthful statement I'd ever heard in my life. And that's that's what it is. And you think most people, Greg, most people are going to just talk themselves out of it. They say, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. And And I always say, I don't know. I don't have the answer. All I know is that you have to want to absolutely, you have two choices. The people who make it tell themselves, I don't know if I'm going to succeed, but I will die out here if I have to. And I mean that. I'm not trying to sound like a macho guy, a tough guy. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I've I've committed so wholeheartedly that I will die out here if I have to. And most people go, you know what? I got a wife. I got a kid. I want to have kids. I want to have this nice little family. I want to have family time. Life's too short. And by the way, I don't disagree with any of that stuff. I get it. But what I'm saying is you have to say, I'm going to keep coming back and back and back and back until I either succeed or die trying. Mm -hmm. And most people just talk themselves out of it because they don't think it's worth it. And I respect that. I respect that. But I think that's, that's what it is. And to answer your question, how do you do it? The, the 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 one answer that I have for you, other than the mindset that I just shared with you, is I have a lot of help. That's the only way we can do it. I have a business partner. I have two business partners. I I have we we just you know it's they are so incredible that I think I was saying the other day. I said, look, the only reason we're successful is because of them. And a guy I was talking to recently he said, hey, don't sell yourself short. You offer a lot of really positive things as well. And I said, you know what? I was thinking to myself, yeah, he's right. I, I think I do. But I think we complement each other very well. And we probably wouldn't have what we have now if we didn't have each other. Yeah, and, I think that's a point. You know? Yeah, so. Yeah, and partner, look, partnerships are hard. Relationships of any kind, personal and, and professional, Um are super hard. And I think, again, the most successful people out there that I've at least experienced and, you know, with hundreds of clients and, you know, 100 plus even episodes of this, uh, you hear these stories that, you know, when I found the right partner, you know, when I felt like I had the right support or somebody that complemented my skill set, you know, or maybe, again, you've played on, on so many teams for such unbelievable coaches, whether you play in a team or you play in a band or whatever, it's, you can't manufacture chemistry. You know that, and no. when things click and they work, you know they can be they can be magical. Um, and when they don't, you know we can have all the pieces. You know, um, and I've been involved in some ventures where, you know, on paper again, looked looked really good. You know, had all the right players in the game. You know, if you will, you would have they would have been good on the draft board. You know, over there. But when you put them together, it doesn't work. You know, for whatever for whatever reason. You know, that's there. Um, and it, it's a great point. So, and last night, as I'm listening to you talk, um, 
all great entrepreneurs, I believe this too, have what you just described. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, or or I'm gonna die trying. Um, and I was with a guy last night. He's actually from Miami. Um, Daniel Singer, good friend of mine. Daniel Singer, good friend, good client. The company is Filthy Foods. They're out of Miami. They're the oh, cool. They're the drink garnish company. They're the number one drink garnish company, you know, in in the world. Um, awesome. That's awesome. At a very very hard time now, when a lot of your businesses, cruise ships, hotels, you know, restaurants, bars, clubs, all of that. But just listening to him, um, and you talk about the dichotomy between different types of men. Just listening to him, and then listening to you. There is no fail. Like failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. This is, we were the best drink garnish company in the world before this. We're going to be the best drink garnish company in the world, you know, after this. We're going to be different, but failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. And, and to your other point, I'm sitting there listening on what a privilege it is to represent somebody like this because I can't do that. You know, I, I don't have that, that singular passion, you know, if you will, that calling there. But what a privilege it is to represent that kind of person or be around those kind of people because I don't and and be able to provide you know good service, you know, do good work for good people because and yeah, again, like yeah, I, I don't begrudge either side. Like you gotta find your place in the world, you know, like what fits most right. comfortable for you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean you know, I mean this the, by the way, the the gentleman you represent, I mean, he sounds like a a burst of energy you know he really does sound like a burst of energy and um like a special special, yeah yeah i mean i love that i really do i love i love that you talk about you know people will disappoint you at times or other things or you wear your heart on your sleeve and 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 we got we do but when you find those special individuals um and you listen they fire you up just like conversations like this i can't even I'm so fortunate you have this time to spend with guys like you and you hear and you, and it motivates and inspires you and fires you up to go after whatever it may be, you know, that you want to, you want to go after. Hmm? Cause it's not. Yeah, a linear- for sure. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, you know, and I want to just hit on what I said before. It's not, I'm not talking about being macho or being a tough guy. Do you, you, it's not about, for me, wanting just to have a successful gym. The gym is the what we what I'm using, and is it important to me? Yeah, it's it's beyond important to me. But it doesn't matter what it is. That's your mentality. People don't understand that. It's not about training or squatting or deadlifting or doing intervals. That has very little to do with it. It's your entire persona and approach to everything. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that we would do anything that way. And that's what most people, I don't understand. That, like, why do you care so much? And I'm like, because it's who I am. And people say, well, you know, life's short. That's my point. Life is short. Yep. So if I get this one opportunity, I have to give it everything I have, no matter what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to work out. My business partner always says, Mark, less than 4% of businesses make it. Like, we're not even supposed to take it this far, but, you know, we're still here. And we're going to keep swinging, and it is what it is. That's that's what we do. Yep. And that's the difference, then. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. People are not coming to anatomy, you know, 
because of the combination necessarily of you know, squats, curls, pull-ups, whatever, whatever it may be. It's a, it's a feeling. Like you said it's a culture. It's a feeling. It's a it's quality. It's all of those intangibles. You know the little the little the little details. You know that you yes 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 tiny little wins like every day that people go. You know I can I, I can train anywhere. You know I can I mean, almost everything is available for free even these days too. You can find it. You know but what oh is, yeah. What is that pull? You know, what is that thing that's pulling me in? And it's that belief that they become better by those that they surround themselves to. You know, that, that you know, like begets like and, the, and, and quality is looking for, for similar quality and like-minded people. So I think, like, it's easy. Like, we could talk programming, like, forever and just geek out on it. But, but that's not the reason. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. I mean, it's so important. It's so important, but please. They're like, I want to be with that guy or with that person or in that place because this is the way they make me feel. Yeah? Oh, with, all day. You get it. With them. Yeah? yeah, you get it. I mean, the the things, the interesting thing is everything that I see on social media, by the way, I'm I'm a big fan of social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there there are parts that we could all certainly do without or I could do without. Let me just speak for myself, but I mean, it's such a wonderful tool, connecting with people, spreading a message, and, you know, it, it's got a lot of great parts. But the interesting thing is all the things that truly make life work or a business work is all the things that most people try to expedite. Like, no one wants to go through – I used to work at a corporate wellness facility, and for nine years, everyone's telling me I'm wasting my time. Like, I'm way better than that. I could get paid more money. I could do this. I could, I'm qualified to do this. And I, I always would say, dude, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm learning things here that, you know, people would come in for a year and go, no, I'm training privates outside. And I had people that would tell me, hey, I'm training privates outside. And I'm doing this and, and making all this money. And I would just say, you're, you're not even a certified trainer. You have no experience working with clients. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've been training like 10 to 15 people a day, and I'm not suggesting that's healthy either, for the last, uh, you know, almost a decade. Can you imagine the amount of screw-ups I've had, which gives me an opportunity to learn and be a little bit better and and improve my skill set? Like, you can't, you couldn't put that in a college experience. And all of those things are the exact reasons why, I've been able to do what I'm doing now, and no one wants to go through that. So when people ask me questions about the gym or training or teams or culture, I tell them everything. And they say, why do you give all that stuff away? I say, well, because they still have to do it. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, they still have to get up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., and, and if they have to, work all night, or they have to do it Monday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. You have to take take a call at dinner when I'm in going to bed with my wife. If I got to get on the phone, I got to take this call. I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And you know, it's are they going to will? Are they willing to do that? And this is what I always say. Maybe they are. Okay. Maybe they are. But are they willing to do it for an entire year? Fair enough. Most people are. Are they willing to do it for five years? A decade? Are they willing to do it? when everything in their world is crumbling. And then, here's the main point, Greg. Are they going to do it for the rest of their life? And people say, well, that's crazy. I'm like, well, that's the point. 
you got to be a little bit crazy. And if you're not willing to commit like that, who do you think is going to be willing to commit to you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever your craft is, whatever the vocation is that you go into, I think that's that, that's that link that the best want to be around the best. And that's where they see value because they understand the commitment and the sacrifice and the discipline that, that goes into it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in, in fitness, you, listen, we, we, we take great pride in, in you know, bringing in some really talented, special human beings. And they, they, the most important thing that we look for first is who, who are, they? are they? Do they have great character? Are they good people? And this is what we say. If they're, sometimes they come in and they say, you know, this is going to be a part-time job for me or a hobby. I tell them, then I, you really can't be here. And they say, what do you mean? I'm going to really work hard when I'm here. And I said, but you don't understand that. The people here have committed their lives to fitness and wellness and training or whatever their, their job is here. And we can't have people here that are doing it part-time because we are offering everything we have. And we're showing our members that we're really just part-time people. But we don't do that here. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe we'll do that in the future. But right now, we got to give everything we have. And we need full-time people that are, this is their career path. This is their life. And that's how I know they're committed. And if they're committed, and everyone on our team's committed, then you have something special. And you might be lucky enough to have a great culture. Mm-hmm. Now, you're in, you're, you're in Miami Beach. You're based in Miami Beach. You didn't come from Miami. Okay. Oh, no, I'm from Southeastern Mass. Yep. So you're Northeast. You know, I'm originally from New York. I spent a couple of years living down in in Miami. Listen, if if anatomy was was open when I was living at Sunset Harbor, maybe I didn't leave. I wouldn't have left. You never know. (laughs) You never know. Right, right. Around, how do you keep your head screwed on as straight as yours seems to be, as self-aware as you seem to be, you know, being everything that you see, you know, there's the, the style, the substance, the money, the, the, you know, like you seem to be a guy who knows exactly who you are, you know, and yeah. they're not, they're not a lot of those, you know? Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I think I, you know, I'm, I'm also not 20 years old. And I think if you, if I were to come here when I was 20, who knows if I'd even be able to see some of the obstacles that were in front of me or or some of the darkness or negativity coming my way. And I can sidestep some of those hurdles now, but I mean, that took some experience and that certainly took some screwing up. So now um, I can, you know, what makes me happy is like spending time with my wife and like being around great people, being around great, a great team, the members, like that, that all those things really truly fulfill me. Like I enjoy that, and I'm not. I, I I've I've done all those things when I was a kid. You know, I was, you know, I played professional football. So you use your imagination. What's that like? I played professional football in the city, in the area I grew up in. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I some at times I got more attention than some of those stars that were on the team, and it, it wasn't all good attention. And I, and I don't think I did a great job of handling it um, at times, but I always say I was a kid. 
you know so it um it was it was it was tricky it was tricky but now i just i kind of know where i'm at and know what's important to me and that helps me tremendously is that one of the reasons that you um, you moved away from your hometown you know i'm originally from new york and now you spent a couple of years in miami and now we've been in, in houston almost 20 years and i i wasn't so crazy about myself you know uh and who i was when I was living, you know, back in my hometown or even coming back home from there, you know, during college and everything else. And you know, to get some separation from that and be able to mature, you know, and maybe be anonymous, you know, a little bit always appealed to me. You know, I, the idea of moving and, and having a fresh start appealed to me. Yeah, I think that, but where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of, there's some incredible people where I grew up. It just wasn't a, a uh, great deal of um, there's a lot of substance abuse, alcoholism, uh, you know, drugs. Um, my father passed away from drugs. I just didn't want to be around that. And then I thought about my family, and I just wanted to recreate. I wanted to create something from the ground up, you know. And mm-hmm. and, and like look, I'm in Miami. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here too. But I'm just saying that I I feel like. I wanted to create something new for myself and my family. And as you said, that appealed to me. Yep. So, Mark, you've got obviously a tremendous amount of experience training uh, all sorts of people, from elite-level athletes to, sure, soccer moms, teenagers, everything in between. I want to ask you about the midlife male sector, you know? The guys in their forties, fifties, you know that that come to you, um, that you spend a lot of time with. What are those guys looking for? Is there commonality there? How do you approach training that demographic of clients? Um, you know, it, it certainly is a, a very, uh, it's a great age group to work with. Um, they're 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 seasoned, they're experienced, they're they're you know they're hardworking, they're they're certainly tough from their years on this earth, and I'll tell you that um, you know getting a, a nice a clear understanding of what their goals are, and you know, it sounds easy, but we go from there, and you know I, I really I I really take great pride in trying to give them what they're looking for, and then trying to add some of my experience and giving them things that they need. Um, and I hope that they, they appreciate, um, you know, my feedback and what I can do for them to improve their quality of life. But, you know, you got to be careful because I'm not, I want them to feel amazing when they walk out. I feel like they got worked, but I want them to feel amazing. And I want them to understand that, look, my goal is for you to be strong, to be fit, to look terrific and be on this planet for a long time. And everything that I do, is to um, keep be mindful of what they're doing. Working out is not a sport, but I understand how people why they treat it that way. Maybe they they it's that important to them, or they never were competitive, or now they're they just they take great pride in like going all into something, and that's a big part of it. I train three guys right now who are very successful men, and they are. Very successful men. They they take they 
they train every day. They're not missing a day of training. Mm-hmm. And 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 you got to appreciate why they appreciate it the way they do. And uh, my my a lot of my time is um, how can I get them even better for where they are in their life and for the things they want to accomplish. Yeah, I think touch a little bit on methodology as it pertains even to to overtraining. You know, that combination you mentioned that working out is not a sport, you know, and I've and I agree with you there and kind of turned the corner on the quote unquote sport of fitness, you know, because you know, the idea, you know, or for me at least, is hey, I want to be able to perform and be able to do anything and everything I basically want to do. I don't have to be great at it, but I want to be physically able to pretty much do anything and everything I want to do. So I don't want to be super beat up, you know, from my, from my workouts. There are even certain skill, you know, movements that maybe I stay away from because I'm not willing to put the, the time and the effort to be great at the skill, you know, if you know what I mean. So why take the risk? You know, there are other things that right. I can do. And then also, there's so much of this is mental that my desire is there to train, you know, every day. But you can't redline it, you know, every day either, you know, without breaking down or, or overtraining. I'd love to get, get your take on that a little. Well, you know, I have guys that I, there's one guy I'm thinking of specifically that he wants to like redline and like crush it every day. Like, dude, that's not realistic. Uh, uh, let's not even talk about being careless and being irresponsible. But you know, you can make great strides and get really pushed by you know strategic programming and understanding that we don't need. Some, sometimes I try to keep them out of the facility. I have them warm up outside on the turf, and then I say, don't even come in the facility with uh, until we have maybe forty minutes left in the session because I want to minimize the social. And I want to focus on the training so we can increase work capacity. And you know, he's not crushing himself with max. He's not getting crushed with max effort lifts. He's he's doing things where he's trying to increase work capacity. So we're doing cluster sets and we're doing things to raise his his ability to be productive within that forty minute time frame. And sometimes it ends up being thirty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really if this for example, I don't know if you were talking about this, but I was. When you, as you were speaking, I was thinking of the snatch. Mm-hmm. Like, I love snatching. I'm not really that good at it, but at this point, I'm not entering any contest to do a snatch. Do I put it in my programming? Yeah, here and there, I've done that. Is it a huge part of my programming? No. Am I going to spend a ton of time on it to get great, get technical, uh, and to be better at it? No. So I'm not putting any of my clients through that. They say they want an Olympic lift. I don't try to talk them out of it. But I say, how important is that for you and why? Mm-hmm. Because cause I don't want to risk an injury or get someone, one, one, someone, it was a miscommunication. One of my clients was told, yeah, you should start kickboxing. And I said, well, why, why did they say that? And they said, well, because it would be good to burn fat. I said, okay. So did they say that's a good idea uh, after you told them about your knee injury? Yeah, they said it didn't matter. And I said, Really? Because you couldn't even get in a side plank because of your knee injury. Now you want to kick a bag violently through your shin where all, your, all the force goes through your knee? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. So I got on the phone with that fitness professional who's a very good friend of mine, and she says, that's not true at all. I didn't say that. So it's like uh, they, they, the things in their head that are going to work and, and put them in harm's way, I'm just trying to – I put this up the other day, but – 
coaching to me, you know, it's many things, but a part of it is if you can simplify uh, the most complicated things, keep it simple. I find that trainers get bored with the programming and think that their stuff is boring even though it works and feel like they're going to lose a client. I feel like there's so many things that we can do to optimize their health, strength, and get them to a place, if you're working through strength or hypertrophy, without going crazy and doing circus act type things, you know? Um, but yep. it's a lot of thought. And it's it's also, I've, this past week, I've talked to a few members about that we have a great team of trainers, uh, you know, highly educated, very knowledgeable. And I said, uh, or one of the clients mentioned me and said, you know, I'm doing this with uh, my trainer, we call them body architects, and you know, I don't think he's getting where I want to be. I said, you've only, how many sessions have you done with him? She said, three. I said, you know, I said, I'm working with someone since 2006. You know how long it's taken me to get to know what they can do, what they can do, not to put them in a compromised position and start getting them on a pathway to getting results? It takes time. She was like, well, I don't know if he, he can do it. I said, well, have you had this conversation with him? No. I'm like, you might want to have this conversation with him and he'll be able to explain what he's laid out and how to get you there. But it takes time to get to know someone. So it takes time to see, okay, how do I, Grant Whedon's grade gave a great presentation yesterday and he said, there's the energy trainer, there's the professor trainer, there's the uh, robot trainer, which is not robot, it's efficient trainer. And then there, there was one more. It leaves me now, but which one of you? And we all kind of believe we're like 25% of each one, so we're perfect across the board. But the truth is, like, we we have to be as efficient as possible when we get in that session to get the most, so they can get the most bang for their buck. But make sure that we're making a little bit of progress. We're building a base of whatever it is, a proper squat, a proper deadlift. And when I train someone that's a little bit older, not to go around your question, I have to be really careful to think, What's most important? And then I have to make those decisions based off my experience. And I say, today, this is the most important thing. I don't care if we do anything else, we're doing this. One of my good friends trains Major League Baseball players. He, I think he trains a, you know, a, a roster of Major League Baseball players. He does very well. And he told, one day he told me, he said, sometimes I just squat with people. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I, we squat, and if it's going well, we just squat for the entire session. And I said, well, what about supporting exercises, you know, all the auxiliary lifts, like you got to do hamstring work, adductor, you got to do lots of glute work, mid-back, low-back, reverse hyper, whatever it is, back hypers. He goes, no, we don't do any of that. This guy trains professional baseball players, and by the way, he's very good. He says, Some, sometimes we just squat. And, and when he said that to me, I was like, oh, man, that's, that's wrong. And he explained it, and it made perfect sense. This is the most important thing we were doing that day. I didn't want to rush it. This guy's worth a hundred million, and I want to make sure we did it right. Is he wrong? No, no. I mean, I think the point that you're making, which is really super valid with all your experience, mm -hmm. is that if you're in it also for the long haul, you know, and you know your your clients, they're seeing you. You know, there's a perfectly good day for that, right? I mean, right. you're the expert, <laughs> and maybe the next day we do some do something else. But hey, today this is working. Let's get good at it, you know, and and. Let's count it. But when you're committed and you're in it for the long haul, which is, you know, which makes it a program, you know, which makes it a program, which makes it a relationship and an evolving one where you get to know, you know, know your body, know your capabilities. Absolutely, you know, it is. It's 
it's interesting the way you, you talk about it, especially even with, with group exercise and personal training. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, everybody trying to be everything to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always felt like, hey, if I want to row, I want to row. You know, like, I don't need right. to, if I want to spin, you know, like, I don't need to be rocking back and forth necessarily or lifting five-pound dumbbell at the same like. I go to places where I feel like I gravitate towards people that are very good at what they do, you know, and they can help me in that specific area, you know, and I'd rather see that person. I'd rather see my boxing guy once or twice a week and he's great at it, you know, and be with him forever, you know, like for for a long time versus, you know, try to combine everything into that one hour. If if that makes sense. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I've done that before. and I'm going to crush a, uh, I'm going to do four by 2,000 ro- uh, meters of rowing. It's 2,000 intervals with three minutes rest in between. And then I'm going to deadlift for max effort. And I go, dude, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like you need to, how the hell can you do a max effort deadlift? And one of my, one of our team members makes picks on me about it. He said, Mark, you, you're, you're going to miss by like a hundred pounds if you do that row first. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Of course I'm going to miss. It's my ego. So, you know, I, I think now I'm just very specific. Like I say, you know what? This is what I'm doing today. And I'm not rushing to do anything else. I'm just doing this. So I have days where I'll do 300 back reverse back hypers, uh, and then I'll do maybe lower abdomen, some hamstring work, just the, you know, uh, things that bring up my squat and my deadlift, and I don't do anything else. And people go, you didn't squat a deadlift. And I go, well, I didn't, that's not what's going to help me deadlift. It's like running. You can't just run three miles every day to get good at three miles. You've got to do intervals. You've got to do longer runs. You've got to do shorter runs. You've got to do some sprint intervals, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Greg. I'm not trying to um, jam a bunch of things in there. I'm just going to – I'm very – I simplify. I feel like everything comes full circle. You know, I have this program, and then I, I do DeFranco, and then I, I'm looking at Calditz's stuff, and then I'm doing Westside to get Westside certified, and I'm trying to combine all these things with Soviet training, and then I come back to the most basic thing in the world because that's what works for me. What's the best part of your day? The best part of my day, I have two parts, um, to be quite honest. When I show up at Anatomy and it's crazy early and – I walk in, I just kind of look up and I walk around and I do a lap and I and I just smile and I think, you know, I feel like I'm doing something to help the world. Like I really do. Like it's not about look look at me, look at look at what we have. It's I think I'm I, I'm a spoke on a wheel and I'm doing something to help other people, and it makes me feel really good. And then. Uh, the best part of my day is when I, you know, go home to see my wife, which she's very understanding of my schedule, and the dogs are in the window, and they jump on me, and I, I, I get to kiss my wife and get to give her a hug, and, like, that's a special day. Like, I'm I'm really lucky. I'm really I, lucky, and, I, and, and I, I really appreciate where I am in life and how fortunate I am because it's not, it's, not, it's not exactly good for everyone, you know? I think you you found again what you what you love. You found what your calling is, and you're continuing to make that happen. Um, and that's a fantastic spot to be in. As you said, it's hard for people to find that. Most most don't, you know. There. Um, where where do you go 
from here? What be, what's the next phase of, of anatomy of, of Mark Magno? Where, where do you want to go still? Um, you know, I, this, this, we have so much to do here and I think we, we're, we're onto something really special and really extraordinary because of, you know, my business partners and the team here is incredible. Like, I just want to say, I know I said it before and I'm not trying to give a, a big motivational speech, but we have some really special people on this team, man. Like, there's a guy who's a body architect here, but he's a leader. His name is Eric Story. And this guy is an absolute machine, but not because he he works long hours. He's a machine because he cares to be better. And I just appreciate being around, but he's not the only one. His wife's like that. We have Jacqueline. She's like that. Grant is an incredible human being and, and just awesome. We have a whole team of them, little Jose. They're just awesome people. And I think, like, I owe it to them to bring this to the best possible place. And my business partners think the same thing. They have to do their job. And we're, we're just doing something that when people look back, there was a, there's a big, there's a great gym in New York City. And someone just came in to interview and they said, I said, tell me about that gym. And they said, well, they, they say they're like anatomy. And I said, what do you mean? And they go, well, they're, they're, they're claiming to fame is they're just like anatomy. And when I said that, I looked at my business partner and I smiled and I said, that's amazing. Like people are trying to be like us. Like I never even thought that would be real, but that was the biggest compliment. And I'm thinking that I think that's I, at night when I rehash my day and I start thinking, I think that's because we're doing as much as we can to be the best we can. And we have a lot of people in this organization that do that. And as you know, Greg, you get to become really great when you can get as many people as possible with the same mindset. And we have that. And I'm, it always impresses me to be around them. You know, we, we jumped right in um, to this conversation you know, over an hour ago without even an official start. It was kind of like, are we recording that? Like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> jumped right into the conversation and we'll play around and edit this thing you know, a, little, a little bit later, but jumped right into it. Um, and the reason I think that it's so impactful, you know, and, and authentic in a way to to do that is because, you know, I think I've always felt like, you know, the meal tastes better when you know who made it, you know, like the more you can learn about the chef, the more you can learn about the body architect, the more you can learn about the man kind of behind, you know, the mission and the things, the, the better the connection is, the better it's going to taste, the better the experience is, the better the workout, the commitment, all of that. Um, what we didn't talk about is we didn't talk about the documentary, you know, the boy from Fall, uh, the kid from Fall River. Um, and I want, I feel like people need to, we need to read this. We need to see this. You know, where can we find that also? Cause I'm not going to make you talk about the whole thing. I want people to know about and the story. Yeah. So, uh, I have to give a shout out to Randy West of Monarch Productions and Randy, um, he's a college football teammate who does, um, he's in video production and he makes films. He's an incredible human being. He's a father. He's a great husband to his wife and great family man. He's a football coach, teacher, 
just think about this. He's a football coach, teacher, father, uh, husband, and he went and collected 50 interviews from all over the country in Canada, okay, to make this documentary. And he did it by himself. He packed up his car, drove all over the country, and got these interviews. And the, that commitment, I think, is probably why we're so close. And he's such an extraordinary person. I've learned more from him than he's learned from me. But he wanted to make a film because as a teacher, he saw kids that were at risk in school, and they could have went south very easily. He said, we don't have enough positive role models. And I said, well, you know, what do you think about that? And he said, well, we should make a film. And I'm thinking, listen, I, I can't thank you enough for that, but I don't know if anyone's going to watch this film. And he says, no, no, people will. And um, he made a film. He made a film. And, and he made a film about my life from growing up in Fall River to the NFL and Miami and Anatomy. And it's honestly, it's, it was the biggest, it was an honor that he put his time and life into this. And that film is now on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It's on pretty much every video platform uh, there is. It's not on Netflix, um, but you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. It, it, it's on a lot of them out there. But just a kid from Fall River can watch the uh, trailer on iTunes or, or Amazon. And it's a story of my life, and it shows Every, all the struggles I went from, from being bullied to being picked on as a kid, from being harassed, being beaten up as a kid, to uh, being fat and overweight, my dyslexia, my learning disabilities, and me working through all that stuff to say, you know, I'm just going to keep coming back and I'm, I'm going to do this, you know. And my mother, who told me that I was going to play in the NFL when I was a young boy, and I thought she was crazy, <laughs> but she wasn't. You know, there, there's so many things, and I go down this list because, again, you're so transparent and honest, and you put so much, so much out there. I think this, this was something that I showed my boys. I think it was a, a couple weeks back. I don't remember the exact day, but then every day you put something stellar out there. If you're not following Mark on Instagram, you need to right now. Um, but it was, I believe, you were recording the audio, an audio book, you know, a portion of. Am I, oh. you're doing some audio. All right, so I'm just going to tell you something. Uh, I, I I was recording an audio book, and I recorded the entire book. And if anyone has ever recorded an audio book, someone told me, get someone else to do it. And I said, no, it's got to be my voice. Now I understand why they told me, told me that. Because recording an audio book when you're sitting in a booth with no AC for five hours, and by the way, it took about 15 hours is one of the hardest things I've done. And I recorded the entire book and the job, the recordings got screwed up and I have to re-record the book. Mm. So it crushed my soul. But you know what? I looked at my wife last night and I said, it is what it is. This is nothing in my life's been easy. I just got to do it again. And it gave me an opportunity to improve my skills. So it's going to be even better this time. So I am recording an audio book, and it will be out in the next few months, uh, probably, I'd say, around Christmas. Um, so stay tuned. It's going to be my voice. So I already had one run at it. I need to be better. And that is awesome. But the point that you were making, I think in the post at the time that connected with me, and I, I showed it to my boys, was that it was a little bit at a time. 
you know, in a way. Like, okay, you know, in order to get this thing done, it doesn't have to or anything done. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, in a busy schedule, in a busy life, everything that you've got going on was, okay, this guy can find the time to get in there for an hour, you know, and then another hour. And then right. another hour. You know, point being about, again, consistency and discipline. And if you want to do something, you make the actual, you'll make the time or find the time to do it. Not easily, but I think there's this, you must see a lot of it, just instant gratification, you know, like, Okay, I'm going, to do oh, yeah. I'm going to do it like immediately. I'm going to do it today, okay? And we get either a schlocky product or like one minute you're into something and the next minute it's just gone, you know, because we all want – there's that instant gratification to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a – you know, those are the, the, the catchphrase things now, but it's to what we were speaking about before. Everyone told me to leave that corporate wellness job, and I was saying, Why? Like why? Why is everyone so hell bent? I got to do this and I got to do this. I really need more and get my worth and I gotta. And this is important to me and I'm and I'm a loser here. I'm like, have you dominated the sector where you are? What makes you think that you should move on right now? Well, you know what, Mark? If I jump into this next thing, uh, it doesn't matter if I fail because I'll learn from failing and failure is good. I'm like, you haven't even figured this out. Don't you think it would serve you well to be good at this first? They don't hear that. And I'm saying like the same thing with this with this book. I said. I'm just going to space it out and get it in when I can. There were times I was going to that booth. I was exhausted. Like I was exhausted, and I got to sit there and focus and read these lines that feel like they're levitating off the page. Yeah, well, it, I just want you it made a connection, you know? When you put stuff out like that, it makes a connection and is able to say, okay, even not only for my boys but for myself going, okay, yeah, Print out one of these newsletters, then print out another one, then organize it. Like, okay, I don't have an end date for, for my book. You know, I don't know when it's going to be ready, but you can make an hour here, then make another hour, and another hour, and eventually this thing will get finished. You know, <laughs> okay, you got a book, or you got a season of podcasts, or you oh, got yeah. a. Oh, Greg, Greg, let me stop you. Let me stop you. The writing that book, it took me five years. Mm-hmm. It took me five years to write that book. People have no idea. Like, it was. It was emotionally and mentally draining. Yep. Draining. And it'll come out, and then. Huh? Yeah, the book's out. The book's out now. You can get the book on the book on um, uh, Amazon, or, or it's on. Um, you can buy the book, the hard the hardcover, but the audio book's going to be out, and it's going to take me to re-record that thing. It's probably going to take me at least another month, and then we'll see. We'll get it on uh, Audible. The things come out and people don't, they don't look at what went into getting it, you know, get it again, five years, you know, it would be, you know, the over the 10 year, five year, whatever overnight success or, or whatever it is. Um, and I'm just a big believer, you know, in, in looking again at guys like, you know, I think we follow a lot of the same people. People have been in the game for a long time. You know, they've transcended any of the image stuff and they've become professionals, you know, at it because, Again, it's the little things in the daily habits, you know, every day, you know, that are there. Yep. Absolutely. It gets you to the end. Okay. I'm going to, you've been amazingly generous with, with all of your time. Um, and this is great. My list is super, super long. So maybe one day you'll, you'll, you'll grace me with part two. We'll do this in Miami or wherever I can, I can catch you. But you uh, where can people find you? Um, where do you, you know, anatomy's address? Your yeah. Address. What's your so, vehicle? Yeah. 
number number thank you number one go check out anatomy uh that's at anatomy on instagram uh on uh facebook as well um then you can check out mark megna uh mark megna on instagram m a r c m e g n a uh on facebook i'm not really on twitter but i use mostly instagram and then check out the dream big never quit book you can get that on amazon and the just a just a kid from Fall River documentary by Randy West of Monarch Productions. You can get it on Amazon, iTunes, are probably the most popular, and you can watch that tonight. So please please go watch it, check it out, leave a review for the book or the movie, and, and let us know what your thoughts are, and we'd appreciate it very much. And, that, and the movie is good for, you know, parents, kids, teachers. You're trying to reach a goal. You've gone through hardships. Whatever it is, you, you don't want to miss the movie. It's really special. Just go check it out. Mark, thank you so much for being so generous and open with uh, with your time, with everything we talked about. Super, just in- incredible stuff. I'm just a big fan, big admirer of everything that you're up to. Please send my best to everybody down at Anatomy. Get on, get on Lazarus, get on Evan K, get on Sharif, you know, that whole crew, you know, down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we call, you know what we call them? The dream, the dream team. <laughs> Nice dream team. Nicely, nicely done. All my best. Uh, continued success. And thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. Okay. You take care, my friend. It was an honor. I can't thank you enough.